0: This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. In a world without a single unified voice, humanity has been left searching for answers to the unknown. Now, one podcast has the power to change that and to spread its voice across the earth for all mankind to hear. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast.
1: We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs>
2: change you filthy animal hey everybody welcome to episode 47 of cosmic potato the super fan talk podcast my name is sean ray and sitting across the virtual table from me is the great and powerful john irons john how are things
0: don't look behind the curtain everything's cool <laughs> everything's great it's great
2: and uh tonight is a pretty special episode we're going we are joined by a very special guest a lot of uh A lot of you guys remember that I participate every year in uh, Magic City Con here in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. That's our comic book convention. It's kind of like a smaller version of Dragon Con or what have you. But uh, I was contacted by Jamie Phelps, who is an old friend of mine that organizes the convention along with her sister Rita. And I'm going to try and get one of them on the podcast here in in, in a few weeks. But she met a guy a couple weeks ago at a convention down in Florida and asked him if he'd like to come to Magic City Con. And he said yes. And so I cont- contacted him on Twitter and asked him to be on the show, and he said yes. Yeah. So the, our special guest we're going to be talking to tonight is Ming Chen, who is part of the TV show Comic Book Man, which uh, comes on Sunday nights after uh, Walking Dead and Talking Dead. Ming, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. As you can see, uh, you might be sensing a trend here. I always say yes. I never say no. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, I mean, it's for Jamie Arita. It was... Uh, it was I didn't even really hesitate. It's like, hey, you want come to bring him? Uh, absolutely. So, we had a great time in in Florida, and uh, they had a table set up uh, advertising Magic City Con, and uh, it it looked uh, it looked legit. So, uh, of course, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
2: Uh And for for those of you that. Um that have have not seen uh comic book man, it's kind of in the style uh, if you've ever seen the show uh pawn stars where they bring uh items into this into the shop and they're able to talk about the history of those collectibles and things like that and and talk about uh what they're worth it, it's kind of along those lines, but more the kind of stuff that we would be into like comic books and uh toys and collectibles and things like that so uh oh
1: so- yeah, it's way more it's way more geeky. It uh yeah, pawn stores is fun, but uh, half the stuff they bring on there, you know, it's, it's like old muskets and, yeah, and yeah. historical <laughs> documents. Like, I right, this is interesting, but let's let's get geekier. Oh, yeah. So we focus more on comics and vintage toys. So if you love Migos, if you love GI Joe, if you love Transformers, if uh, if if you want to see key issues of comic books, Comic Book Men is uh, is where the party's at.
2: Well, uh, so Magic City Con is a, it's a relatively new convention, and this will be the third year that it's been around, but uh, you've been doing a lot of conventions in association with comic book men. Have you always been a big con guy, or is that something that's new, that's new for you?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I've been going since I was a kid. I went when, when I was younger, I kind of fell out for a little bit, and then I went when I was in college, and they, they, were, they were a little bigger. When, they, when I was a kid, they were usually in church basements, Elks Lodges. I went to I went to a couple that were at the mall. And yeah. then uh later on in the in the late 90s kind of when the comic books blew up a little bit more there were more smaller convention halls, uh high schools, college campuses. And I thought that would I thought that was going to be the pinnacle. I thought uh you know anything that you could that would maybe take an entire entire day to get through like it would never get bigger than that. And then <laughs> a few years later they really exploded to uh you know 50 60 70 100,000 at your New York Comic Cons and San Diego's and C2E2s and Emerald Cities and uh, I, I love I love the where they've where they've blown up to something this huge. I also appreciate the smaller ones uh, which are more like the ones that I went to when I was uh, when I was younger. So I, I, I love them big or small and uh, I've been going to cons my whole life.
2: What do you like best about uh, about comic book conventions?
1: I when I was going as a fan I, I just loved being around people that had the same interests as me. When I was growing up, not a lot of people read comic books. Not not a, not a lot of people... Uh, I, I know Star Wars is huge right now, but not... After Return of the Jedi, you really didn't hear many people talking about Star Wars anymore. Yeah. They thought Return of the Jedi was it, so it kind of faded a little bit until mm-hmm. the re-releases came out in the late 90s. But there was a gap somewhere between, say, 1984 and 1997. Or actually, 1994 and 19. 1994, 1994, when actually Kevin Smith brought Star Wars back when he talked about it in Clerks. Yeah. You know, you would, uh, you know, you would meet a fan here or there who was kind of hardcore, but it, it, you didn't see the, you didn't see nearly the number of people wearing the t-shirts, or, uh, you know, talking about Star Wars or collecting figures or anything like that for a do while. You, uh, do
0: Do you think the interest itself waned, or do you think like? Nerds were just kind of undercover because it wasn't it wasn't cool I, anymore.
1: I think it was a little bit of both. I think it waned because uh, people didn't think they were going to see it anymore. They thought Return of Je- the Jedi was it, so there was nothing to look forward to um, after Return of the Jedi. Uh, you know, of course, you had your hardcore fans like all three of us. Uh, you know, I'm sure we are it never it never died with us.
2: We had two Ewoks movies.
1: Yeah, we uh, we did we did have that. We had uh, I think we had the droids. uh, uh there's a droids live action and then the droids cartoon. They Those would come up with I was looking for, <laughs>
2: right? Yeah, they,
1: they had a couple, they had a couple things here and there, but nowhere near the scale of like a new movie. So, right. I think with nothing to look forward to, uh, you know, your interest, is, you know, if you're not hardcore, into it, your interest is going to die for sure. And I'm, I'm glad that it's bigger than ever now. Um, but uh, yeah, with with that being said, uh, yeah, I I, um, I I just love seeing the huge explosion of fandom that we see today.
2: Well, what, what's uh, what's different for you uh, going to a convention now that you're like a recognizable person in in the fandom world as opposed to when you would go to a con when you were younger and you were just regular old Ming Ming back in the day.
1: <laughs> i I I still feel that regular guy, but I feel like I've hit the jackpot now yeah. going <laughs> to cons. Now I get invited as a guest. I get to sit on the other side of the table, and I get to you know I. I your advertisers being there, like it's it's weird. When I was going to Conz, would be a famous artist. Sometimes it would have a cool guest from like a an old TV show or an old movie or something. I think when I was going, one of the big the big guests was a James O'Barr who created the Crow. And I I went to a con to meet him once and to get something signed. And I waited in line. You know, I was nervous. I didn't know what I was going to say to him. You know, I had all this stuff that I wanted to tell him. And, uh, you know, I felt that nervousness, which I think is pretty cool. Yep. I'm on the other side, and I can sense it from the people who want to meet us at the conventions. And, uh, I, you know, it's cool. I know what it's like. So, uh, you know, first thing, you know, put anyone nervous at ease. And I, I want them to have a moment and have a conversation with them. And you know, if they want to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Avengers or Star Wars or whatever they want to, it's like, hey, let's talk about it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a fellow fan like you are. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Also, uh, as a guest of the con, uh, you kind of have more access to the other guests that are also at the convention. Yeah. And the other guests at conventions have blown up to where they have, not only do they have current actors from movies and TV, uh, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, you go to a and Chris Evans and Mark Hamill and uh, and cast members of The Walking Dead will be there. So, uh, as yeah. a guest, you kind of have uh, a little more access to them. You uh you can you, you know you can kind of see them uh walking down the halls behind the scenes stop stop them for a little bit and introduce yourself and um and I, I get to meet them and that's that you know as a fan uh that's super cool that's really cool has
2: uh has anything uh really crazy ever happened to you at, at a convention
1: uh, i mean a lot of things uh, i think once we got we we got asked to sign a baby that was <laughs> that was, was kind of weird um uh this this past weekend uh i ran in i was at a walking dead convention I ran into Jeffrey Dean Morgan outside. Uh, just came to catch him out having smoke break.
2: Yeah. Uh, if you
1: watch Walking Dead, he plays the character Negan. Oh yeah. And he's probably one of the biggest, most recognizable actors right now, with the with the explosion of The Walking Dead. I went up to introduce myself. I was like, "Hey, hey man, uh, my name's Ming. I'm on a TV show called Comic Book Man. It comes on after yours. It's kind of late." And he was like, "Oh yeah, man. I've I've seen your show." And uh, you know, part of my brain exploded. <laughs> the other part, you know. The other part, and, you know, since I'm such a big fan, the other part was like, all right, he's probably just saying that, you know, he probably tells everybody that, but then he proceeds to tell me, uh, you know, uh, minute details about specific episodes, and I'm like, oh, this guy really does watch this show, and I find out <laughs> that that I was like, wow, you know, like, I find out Egan's a fan of comic book man. It's it's, I that was pretty mind blowing um, that he and he proceeded to tell me he's like, listen, I'm a fan of all this geek stuff, just like you. Yeah. I, I love this stuff just like anybody else does, um, and you know, I, you, you never know. Some of these, some of these actors, uh, you know, some of them are into it, but uh, I, I find that uh, most of them, uh, I just find that most of them are into this stuff. Um, it just makes it more fun for them,
2: right? Yeah, it's kind of
0: like they get to like, grow up and live their dreams, like all the stuff that they were pretending when they were kids.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, you know,
0: some of them they're on the other side of the table.
1: Yeah, you know, some of them have been you know in the acting world forever, so you know they're a little more aloof, a little more. Uh, I don't want to say, you know, they're a little more, uh, they're, they're, they have a, a, like a more professional attitude, I guess I call it. The other ones are there, you know, mo- mo- a majority of the people at cons now, they're, they're fans, they're, ha- they're there to, they're they're there to have fun, yeah. they're there to interact, and uh, they're, you know, they're fanboys of the other guests, just like anybody else, so it's, it's cool to see them interacting, uh, it's like, a, it's like seeing my worlds collide. Um, usually at these conventions, they have a little, like a green room where people, you know, the, the guests hang out, uh, sometimes eat lunch in there. Uh, they just kind of chill out. So it, it's a weird. It looks kind of like the Cantina from Star Wars. You'll see, like, Adam West talking to, <laughs> like, Norman Reedus, uh, you know, talking to Giancarlo uh, Esposito, who plays Gus from Breaking Bad, Right. talking to, you know, uh, you know Rosario Dawson. It's a weird, it's a cool and very weird mix of people.
2: Well, I, I want to ask you a few questions about the show itself. Absolutely. Um, so Comic Bookman is on AMC. You guys just finished airing uh, season six. Yeah, and, we actually
1: have three episodes airing. Um, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, in a couple of weeks, so actually, we're actually got done, which is uh, they uh, they pushed us back for three episodes to premiere into the Badlands season two.
2: Right. So okay. uh, we actually
1: got another three episodes to air, which are kind of fun.
2: It's based around Day and Silent Bob's secret stash, which is owned by Kevin Smith. And now, uh, uh, Kevin, Walt, and Brian have all been friends for years and years and years going into this. So, tell us how you got involved in the stash and how that translated into you being on the show.
1: I uh me and the other guy Mike Zapsick, our paths were uh a little different. Uh as you mentioned, Walt, Brian, and Kevin grew up together. Uh they they went to high school together and became friends later on. Uh I didn't I didn't live anywhere near them. Uh they're we're all New Jer they're in New Jersey. I lived in Michigan and um when I was in college I saw the movie Clerks, Kevin's first movie, which came out in nineteen ninety four. Yeah. And uh that movie blew that movie blew my mind. There was a bunch of guys sitting around talking about just talking and <laughs> the kind I, of stuff I,
2: that you probably talk about with your friends. Yeah, right?
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah. i never seen a movie like that before. So my mind was blown and, uh, I, I, became obsessed with the movie so much so that I decided to create a fan website, which, uh, not a lot of people were doing at the time. Uh, it was very, it was very early on in the internet. Uh, but I learned how to create a website. I thought I would do one for the movie clerks. And uh, a couple months later, Kevin saw it and gave me a call And asked me if I wanted to to work with him. He wanted a a website for his whole production company. Uh, He wanted to highlight uh, some of the other films that he was working on. And he wanted a section on the website where he could interact with fans. So I ended up uh, setting that all up for him. Uh, Ended up working with him full time a couple years later. uh, um, I worked on all his websites. uh, Put up an online store for him. Created merchandise. Uh, From there, we started podcasting uh, on his podcast network, and that led later on to a TV show on AMC. So uh, very weird. I started as a fan, uh, to getting hired by the guy I was a fan of, to being on TV with him. It's a very very crazy story.
2: You've had a lot of uh, celebrity guests come into the store on the show. Uh, Just a couple that I can think of, Elvira, Elvira. Ernie Hudson, Peter Mayhew, Ralph Macchio, Stan Lee. Uh, who's your favorite celebrity that you've gotten to meet as part of Comic Book Man?
1: We've uh, yeah, we've had a ton of cool people. They're all mostly all people that I'm a fan of, all people from our childhoods, and uh, I mean they're like the pinnacle of like cool guests. So we've been very lucky. Right. Uh, Stan Stanley is definitely probably my favorite. Uh, he came. He's coming twice on the show, and him being like the god the creator of everything that we, that we grew up loving and continue to love. And, uh, I you know this guy who created a whole entire universe of which had he not, uh, you know, our lives would suck. First of all, if there were no Stan Lee and his creations. Yeah. And, uh, two, he created the whole comic book universe for which, uh, you know, I, 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 am a firm believer that he saved comic books, made them what they are now. And without him there, you know, there'd be no comic book, man. I wouldn't be where I'm at. Who knows? God knows where I would be right now without Stan Lee. (laughs) So I I really regard him as as a God and and a creator and uh, someone that should be revered. Somebody that uh, when, when my, when my grandkids are old enough, will look up on uh, the two episodes that I was on with him. We'll see photos of me and him together. And he was like, you, (laughs) you, you, you hung out with Stan Lee. I'd be like, yeah, man, I I love, yeah, we, we were on a show together. Uh, I met the, man many times yeah uh you know let me tell you a story about meeting stanley or watch this episode of comic book Man. so he was yeah, he's definitely one of our, our favorite guests uh anyone from the the star wars universe i i love i loved having him peter mayhew and billy Dee williams for sure right where uh you know uh, chewbacca and lando calrissian and <laughs> it not only you know two feet away from me but in our comic book store that's uh that's pretty insane um uh, I, I mentioned earlier watching those movies over and over, and, and wishing I could be in that universe, and having the the comic books, and obsessing over the Star Wars universe, and uh, you know those two guys coming in that was that was pretty huge. Uh, Adam West came in, uh, we got to drag race with him. I got to drive the Black Beauty, uh, and we raced uh, we raced the Batmobile. That was that was insane. Uh, Lou Ferrigno coming in came in to train Brian and get him into shape. <laughs> I uh, again,
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Again, I grew I grew up watching the Incredible Hulk on TV uh, after the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, I that was cool. I mean, the list goes on and on, but those are some of my casts for sure.
2: Uh, what about as? I mean, you're a guy that knows a lot about comic books, so you've had a lot of uh, comic book artists come in. Who's your favorite comic book artist that you've uh, been able to meet?
1: The two that come to mind definitely Jim Lee. Jim Lee is the greatest living car- comic book artist right now. And he will go down in history as as one of the greats, for sure. And just a really cool guy. Uh, he, he came in. Uh, we actually had some old artwork uh, at, at the store that he did for us. He actually sketched um, Batman and Superman with Jane Bob on an old fire door that we had, and uh, he did that. He did that about ten years ago. Uh, if you go on uh, my Instagram or Twitter or Kevin's, you can see it's a red door, and he did it all in Sharpie, and it's really really cool. So it was cool to bring him in. It was like, hey, man, remember when you did this? And he was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And, uh, yeah, just a really cool guy. Um, we, you know, we had a stack of things. He signed he signed stuff for us, did small sketches. And, uh, again, in the comic book world, definitely a god. Definitely, one of, definitely a, uh, nobody like him and definitely one of my favorites. Guy Romita Jr., uh, also definitely a, a comic book uh, artist uh, and god. Um, uh, guy, guy's worked on some of the greatest books uh ever, ever to come out a lot of um a lot of the spider-man uh a lot of spider-man stuff uh him and his father uh created and uh you know they're, they're just two of the greats they really loved having it. and uh, neil adams for sure uh again uh what you know a guy that will go down in history as one of the greatest artists uh it's cool it's cool that they come in and then at, now that i see them at chemical conventions and, uh, you know, we get to have a little chat about, uh, you know, whatever whatever they're working on. That's really cool. Yeah.
0: I was just curious, like uh, as like a, <clears throat> a comic book expert um, and and it's kind of like I don't want to derail. Where you. where <laughs> No, not where at all. Questioning, but I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious, um, obviously, like we're in the golden age of, uh, you know, comic book movies and it's everywhere. And yeah. it's finally like hit the mainstream. What's a, what's a what's a what's a not necessarily obscure, but just what's a comic book? Or a graphic novel that you're like, I can't wait until they make this, but you haven't really heard about it, like being in the works.
1: Uh, I, there's like, a there's, there's a There's a lot of cool stuff out, um, especially right now. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the image stuff is really good. Uh, there's a right right there, Brian K. Vaughan. He's he's work. He does Saga. Uh, he does a lot of cool titles. Why the Last Man? He uh, he's got a, a title out right now called Paper Girls, which is about. Four newspaper delivery girls living in 1988 Cleveland, and uh, they run afoul of some pretty cool interdimensional uh, shenanigans and beings. And uh, I believe that they're on their eighth or ninth or twelfth issue right now, and uh, it's relatively early right now. But I can't wait to see that uh, come out: uh, TV series, movies, anything like that. Um, And I think that's relatively obscure. I mean, there's God, there's so much stuff out there. That can be turned into into, into a movie. Uh, I, it, today, it was announced that Joss Whedon is working on writing, directing, producing uh, a a Batgirl movie, which uh, which uh, you know it makes me happy to no end. Nice. Um, you know uh, that's that's definitely one of them. Uh, everyone's everyone's watching Iron Fist right now on Netflix. Uh, but there's actually another property that came came out during the Kung Fu era. Which I think is even better than Iron Fist. It's called uh, Shang-Chi, the Master of Kung Fu, which, uh, you know, as a comic book series, was amazing. Um, kind of imbued, uh, you know, it it definitely took the kung fu craze of the '70s, but took a lot of the uh, the philosophy, uh, say of of, of of the Bruce Lee era, and really mixed them together. Great. And uh, I'm hearing rumors that Netflix might be working on that next. So, uh, I mean, th- that's just a small sampling of things. I can't wait to come out. Um, uh, I'm also a fan of a, char- a DC character named Starman, which they, yeah, which they relaunched 1996-1997. Uh, um, uh, um, a character named Jack Knight uh, is in that book, and uh, it's it's literally one of my favorites. Something like that, I think, would really work as a live action story. So uh, I mean, they're going in the right direction. I never thought I would see a preacher a TV show, and DMC yeah. is knocking that out of the park. Uh you know, I never thought I'd see Black Panther on in any media. I never thought I'd see Doctor Strange and and uh you know they're they they they're doing such a great job.
2: You uh you get to see a lot of collectibles come through the show. What's what's some of the collectibles that uh stand out in your mind? I
1: uh I'm I'm a G.I. Joe guy, so anything G. I. Joe comes in, uh I immediately fall in love with. And for me when I was a kid uh, you know, the bigger the better. So uh anybody who knows G. I. Joe, uh we've had the Teradrome come in. Which is a big, round uh, Cobra base, which is, it, which uh, hu- huge. They don't make. They really don't make toys that big and that detailed anymore. Uh, and GI Joe made a seven foot aircraft carrier back in nineteen eighty four that I really wanted, and I didn't get until somebody brought it in uh, under the show and actually bought it. Um, uh, somebody brought in the GI Joe at one time had a space shuttle, which was uh, over a hundred dollars, and you know this thing was huge. Yeah, uh, that that was cool. Uh, anything transformative, anything from the 80s, I really love uh, a guy brought in a lightsaber that he bought somewhere. It was some kind of collectible store. Didn't really pay that much for it. And he later found out it may have been a screen used lightsaber from uh, a new hope. Oh, cool. So we brought a we brought an expert in to take a look at it. And it didn't turn out to be from a new Hope. It actually turned out to be from Empire Strikes Back. Which I think is even cooler. Yeah. <laughs> so you know something like that is probably worth you know ten grand and above. So uh, yeah, seeing stuff like that is really cool. And then any key issue of any comic book is cool. Amazing fantasy Fifteen, first Spider Man, uh you know first appearances of uh at Blade, Moon Knight, um, uh, Swamp Thing, anything like that is really it's just really cool to see. So you know we'll see stuff like that coming every so often, but uh you know not not nearly enough for my taste.
0: Do you set stuff aside like for yourself?
1: Uh, I will a lot of the GI Joe stuff that comes in. Uh, Walt, and Mike, their kids are the '70s, so they don't—they don't really get it.
2: They don't even <laughs> really care about it.
1: But uh, uh, a lot of the stuff, uh, yeah, a lot of the GI Joe stuff, I'll buy for myself. Any a lot of '80s toys, I'll—I'll uh, I'll definitely buy them for myself. Um, and uh, yeah, key issue wise, uh, Walt, Walt, and Mike will definitely buy based on condition. But uh, I'll, I'll uh, the more beat up it is, actually, I actually like it the uh, the better for me. I like it even better if it's really beat up. Right. One, I can get a one, I can get it for a better price. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Two, it's still a shoe, and three, I, I like that it's beat up. I wanna, I always wonder about the history, like where, uh, you know where where it came from, uh, how many people owned it, and you know how it got so beat up. Uh, I kind of like to imagine, you know, what what happened to um to that book. I think it has more of a story the more beat up it is.
2: Well, while we have a comic book man here on the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about <laughs> about uh, comic book adaptations. So, um, obviously, there's a lot of them. Back in the 80s and 90s, the the comic brands like Marvel and DC like they, they would give license to the studios to do pretty much whatever they want. And these days, uh, the uh, Marvel and DC's hands are in the mix a lot more. So, Marvel has its own studio. As part of Disney, and they're cranking out movies and TV. But you always hear people complain that they changed this or they changed that. So, in the opinions of of you guys, um, what comic book film or TV show has been the most faithful to the source material?
1: Uh, I think the uh, the first Iron Man, definitely uh, one of my favorite comic book movies. Um, even uh, even if you go back to two thousand one, two thousand two, uh, the fir- the t- first. Toby Maguire's Spider-Man uh, actually stuck to the comics pretty pretty well so uh, yeah, I, they've been doing a Mar- I, Marvel's been doing a fairly good job sticking with the source material I think that's why they've been so successful yeah and uh, you know I understand you have to update some things to keep it modern uh, a lot of stuff was written in the 60s and 70s and was a little dated so you know you have to update a little bit uh, but I think yeah the Marvel stuff has been pretty good uh, I really like the he, the Daredevil Netflix show, I think that did a really great job uh, depicting Matt Murdock and Daredevil. And I, I think they really chronicled that. Uh, I really like season two with, uh, with Jon Bernthal, uh, Punisher. I thought, he, I thought he did a really great job as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I love how Marvel uh, started out with, uh, you know, everybody had their own individual movies. And then they brought them all together for the Avengers. That way we didn't have to worry about backstory or anything else to slow the, the plot down. Mm-hmm. Because we saw it already. I thought they did that that pretty pretty brilliantly, uh, and I think DC's problem is, uh, you know, they they're making a lot of diversions from the source material, uh, so much so that they're losing the the they're losing you know the heart of what made their characters great, right. and they're losing a lot of the comic book fans uh, who read the source material and want them to stick a little more faithfully to it.
2: John, what do you think? What-
0: I agree with you. Like probably, um, I think Spider Man Two. Like the the Toby McGuire Spider Man 2 is is probably like for me it is I'm not gonna say it's my favorite comic book movie, but I feel like it's the maybe the best uh page to screen translation.
1: Yeah, I thought they did a great job. Um uh you know, Spider Man three, not that great. Uh the two amazing Spider Man movies with Andrew Garfield, uh, you know, not that great as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh from what I see from the Spider Man Homecoming trailer. Uh, they're definitely back. Yeah,
0: it looks like this, it's gonna be good.
1: This may be the best part of a movie that we're gonna see. Yeah, uh, but I, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I, it constantly baffles uh, guys like me and Mike as to why uh, some comic book translations, adaptation movies, uh, end up sucking. Uh, you have great material. You have the storylines are written out for you already. Right. Uh, you, you pretty much have it storyboarded as well. I, you know, all you gotta do is start flipping through a comic book. Well, you know what?
0: I think DC's problem, uh, generally speaking, you know, some are better, some are worse, but, like, you know, as a whole, you know, Marvel is just, you know, stomping them, in terms of the movies. And I I think, because I I think instead of trying to go the Marvel movie route, they're like, you know, they're kind of going to their biggest uh, you know, tentpole, which was the, the known Batman movies. Right, right. Which were which great. And so, okay, we'll just make all the movies like the Batman movies, which is great for Batman, but it doesn't work for Superman. Right.
1: And
0: that and I think they're, you know, they, they don't want to acknowledge <laughs> that, that, you know, Marvel cracked the code and they, like, so Marvel movies are, you know, they're big and bright and fun and colorful. And even if, you know, they will like, they'll have real heart and there'll be real danger and, you know, they'll have bad guys and bad things will happen. It's not all rosy all the time, but it looks like a comic book. Yeah. You know, and if you suck all the color out, that's, you know, you're, you're, you've already, you know, hobbled yourself, I think.
1: Yeah. And I think you just mentioned a key word off uh, fun. I think Marvel movies, they're fun. They have a, they have an air of playful. They, have, they just have an air of fun to them. Uh, I, I miss all the bl- buildings blowing up and, um, and, uh, you know in the end it's you know it's a comic book it's based on a comic book uh the d c movies I, I think uh lack that lack that lack that fun uh you know to put it simply so hopefully they can they can get that back uh i think with the higher with the uh the promotion of jeff johns uh to their film division uh you know he he obviously knows comics and uh, i think we're gonna see an upturn in in d c properties uh in the very near future
2: i think that one one thing that that DC is lacking in, well, what they're lacking in movies, they kind of make up for in some of the animated properties. Cause yeah. some of these, some of these animated films that come out, they come out with two or three every year and you know, they'll dig deep and go to some characters that you don't really see in, uh, in, in a lot of, uh, uh television type uh properties. Like, like they had this, uh, justice league dark that came out a couple of months back. Yeah. They brought yeah. Constantine in or Constantine, however you want to pronounce his name. Uh, <laughs> things like that and they did the uh the what was the uh the batman series that they did the two-parter a couple years ago or is it the the dark the knight son of batman the the dark knight returns i think is what i'm thinking of yeah they did oh yeah uh, yeah. they did like a two-parter of yeah. that which was pretty faithful to the uh to the source material and i, I think that uh those animated shows they stick to the comics pretty close, of course. Yeah, I mean, they they do.
1: the The DC animation is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if they could translate that, that to their movies, uh, they'd have a lot of hits on their hands.
2: Yeah, because yeah. they did. I'm, they did I'm, Flashpoint. Flashpoint was pretty awesome too. I don't think I've seen a bad. Movie. Like you said, they come out with like two or three a year. I
0: can't think of one that I was like, "Oh, that sucked."
1: Yeah, yeah, they, uh, they're doing they're doing a great job. So, uh, it's not like they don't know what they're doing. It's just. Uh, uh, you know, maybe they're trying just trying to do too much with the movies, changing too much, and uh, yeah, they I, they should follow the playbook from their animated series for sure. Yeah,
2: I think that I, I didn't read a lot of Marvel when I was growing up. I read DC more, but I did read some some Deadpool a few years ago, and I think that the film <laughs> kind of captured that character pretty well. I think that movie. Is kind of setting the precedent for movies in the future because now the studios are thinking, well, okay, yeah, we can market some of these just to adults and make them hard, right. a hard R rating, like we like the, like we got Logan a couple weeks ago and things like that. But you know, after yeah. Deadpool made money hand over fist, I think we're going to see a lot more of that.
1: Yeah, I, and uh, I think that's great uh, as long as it follows the true nature of the character. Uh, you know, Wolverine definitely uh, rated R. Uh, you know, not all of them fall under that umbrella. So, um, you know, hopefully, we don't see anything being forced that way. But you know, Deadpool yeah, and, and yeah. Logan definitely. Well, what about
2: have you have you watched any of
1: Legion? Uh, I have I have not watched Legion yet. Oh. Okay. Um, there are uh, man, there's so much out right now. Uh, it's really <laughs> hard to keep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, but uh, what what are your thoughts? Uh, are you are you digging it? Are you following it?
2: I'm about I, I've watched uh I've watched the first 5 episodes or, or so. I haven't watched the whole thing, but it, it's one of the trippiest shows I've ever seen. I mean, American horror story has nothing compared to this. It is Oh, sure. Yeah, the last episode I actually had to go back and watch I, the last episode that I watched. I had to go back and watch it again because there was so much that I missed. But John, you've been watching it, right?
0: I have. I love it. I yeah. love it. They just they just did the uh the season finale was um last night. And um, like it, it was, it was great. It, it is, and like there's, it's it's such a, my personal opinion, perfectly crafted show, mm-hmm. because like you know it walks this tightrope. It'd be real easy for it to go off the rails, you know, three different ways. You know, it could be too weird, and you don't know what's going on in the story, which I've heard people complain about. I haven't had that problem because I feel like it does a good job of, okay, this. If the visuals are weird, like, there's it basically, like, you know how, like, in most stories, you know, there's one, like, character that's, like, a stand-in for the audience, and he or she gets pulled into this world, and, you know, we kind of follow them on their journey. Um, it's, like, Legion is almost the opposite, because, um, like, all the characters are trying to figure out what's going on, like, inside his mind, which sometimes they get sucked in, <laughs> literally yeah. get sucked uh, so like they're, they like I feel like they the hardest thing that they can do they do well which is which is not let the audience get too lost and like they figure it out as we're figuring out and they're all uh, expl- they're they're explaining things um, and if they didn't do that it would be so easy for it to just be like you said, you had to watch it twice, but it's it's but you got it right. It's like it.
2: Yeah, it's not a show that you can sit and uh, and, and text while you're watching. You you've got to pay attention to what's right. going you're on. Right, you're
1: gonna you're gonna miss details if, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you look yeah. down from the screen.
2: I, I was it, I'm saying just like little uh, little choices
0: they made, where like you don't really know the time period is. I mean, like there's nothing indicating that it's not present day, except they kind of dress like it's like the '60s, kinda. And like you know, he has like a like one of the guys has like a tummy gun, like machine gun, and they never explain any of that. And I and I feel like that's perfect. And I <laughs> I, I can't I can't really explain why it works, but it does. And it and it and again, it's kind of this hyper um, saturated with color, and and you never really know. I can't say you never know what's real and what's not, but the whole show has this air of fantasy um, that that just imbues every inch of the screen, and I and I feel like it it's the perfect marriage of like the the message and the medium, the way they do it. I, I think it's great.
1: That's awesome. If I, yeah, if I get a spare moment to to breathe, though, uh, it's, <laughs> it's 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 on the list. Um. I, I just love that. Uh, like almost every night of the week, there's a comic book. There's a TV show based on a comic book. Now it's really, it's really great.
2: Have you have you seen any of Iron Fist?
1: Uh, I did. I watched all of Iron Fist.
2: Did you? Uh,
1: I I liked it. I didn't. I didn't love it. Um, I uh, too many board meetings for my taste. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you guys have seen it, uh, I you know I, I l- listen. do uh, you see you call Iron Fist? I, I want to see more Kung Fu. I want to see more ass kicking. And uh I think there you know just um too many people talking in a board room for my taste. Uh what really what really saved it for me was uh uh Jessica Henwick who plays Colleen Wing. I thought she was amazing. Yeah. Um, I want to see her have her own series. I want to I I I want to see more of her in the in the future. And I think we will. I think she did such a great job. Uh you know Finn Jones is all right uh it was obvious that uh he doesn't have a background in martial arts but uh you know they they worked to, they did what they could um and uh it was great seeing uh uh, uh Rosario Dawson as well kicking out so i i thought the female characters were really really great actually i thought a lot of the male actors uh you know lacked a little bit um and uh yeah i i, I uh i you know, I, there were certain things i wanted i wanted to see Cun Loden. I wanted to see the showdown of uh, Danny Rand and Shao and Lao, the dragon. Yeah. And from what I understand, uh, you know, they kind of wanted to do that. But uh, from my, I read an interview, which was like, yeah, they wanted to do that, but there were budgetary restraints. And I'm kind of like, really Marvel? didn't I have <laughs> enough money to right. throw in, you know, a dragon or, you know, a, a mystical heavenly interdimensional monastery. I'm like, come on, like, uh, you know, throw some money in there. So, I don't. I think, in my opinion, I guess the the Marvel TV uh, Netflix playbook is to have thirteen episodes. And uh, I was talking to, to Michael. I was, you know, they, I was thinking, you know what? If they made it, if they could have done to say eight episodes, kind of like Stranger Things did, yeah. But put that thirteen episode budget in eight episodes, I think mm-hmm. it could have been great. So, but yeah. I guess whatever contractually or whatever uh, they wanted it to be thirteen. So I didn't think it needed to be thirteen. I think eight would have been perfect. Well, I would have been. Uh...
0: I think as I was watching him, I was you know I was kind of going on Facebook every now and then, and i I made the comment that like uh, I felt like it really picked up at like episode six, right and the first five episodes really probably could have just been like three episodes, and then you could have spent two you spent more time <coughs> like, two episodes worth of time like in the monastery because we' never really see. You know, there's like a, a flashback here or there, but we never really see him training. We never really see, like you said, the the way he encounters the dragon.
1: Yeah, we we never see Kunlun. The only Kunlun you see is that he's getting beat beat with bamboo sticks. Right. Like, yeah. right. great. Like, that's just you a know, dream. I want to you know, but he describes a mystical monster. I was like, I want to see it, and yeah, right. you don't really see it. So I'm like, all right, we don't and, really get to see what he goes through while he was trapped there. So yeah, we
0: didn't see him like learn anything. We didn't right, see exactly. That. You know, he, apparently he had to... I guess he had to defeat,
1: you know, everyone else to earn the mantle of the Iron Fist. We didn't see him fight anybody. Right, exactly. Where was that? I mean, yeah, I, I, I thought, you know, I was like, all right, well, we're going to see this later, and then I was waiting and waiting, and then it ended. And, right. Uh, even at the end, we didn't get to see Cologne. It it, it, it floated away or whatever. So... Um, and you can't tell me that, like, an you
0: know, <coughs> episode or two worth of, like guys in monk robes in a cave wouldn't have saved on the budget.
1: Right, you know? exactly.
0: <laughs> no special effects, no, you know, you don't have to, you know, stop traffic.
1: <laughs> and you know, It's Marvel. If they need to chuck another million or two, like, I'm sure it's, I'm sure there's no skin off their backs. I'm sure they yeah. have it. So. so, those are, you know, those are my major complaints. But that being said, I never thought I'd see Iron Fist in any kind of live action format. So, uh, you know, for that the 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 fact that they made an effort to put it on there uh, that that part I definitely appreciate. And um, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see Danny and back in the Defenders. Um, you know, and, and it'll be cool to see all four of them together for sure.
2: Yeah, and you uh, m- you mentioned uh, Jessica. Hen- you, you wanted to see Jessica Henwick get her own show. You know, Colleen Wing, that her character and Misty Knight were daughters of the Dragon. They had a yeah. Kind of, they, yeah I I I was wondering if maybe in uh the Marvel Netflix phase two because you know Punisher is gonna get its own show. Um so I was wondering if that might be something that's coming uh yeah, in phase I, I, two.
1: I I'm in man. Give me a Darth of the Dragon TV show. <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely in for sure.
2: So with that question asked, uh and and man, you kind of hinted at this a, a few minutes ago, um John, what is a, a comic book property that you would like to see adapted that hasn't been done yet? <coughs>
0: Um, I would love to see, um, and I, and I, you know, I about to say I don't know how they could do it, but I've seen them do stuff I never thought they would do. I never thought they'd do Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, I never thought they'd do a good, uh, Doctor Strange. I certainly never thought they could do Legion. Um, but for me, like, the pinnacle, uh, would be, uh, Sandman, like, Neil Gaiman's Sandman is, like, um you know maybe a, a 13 episode you know not quite an anthology i mean you know you know how sandman goes like yeah <clears throat> i like the the visuals and just the you know the the mind blowing you know artistry <clears throat> excuse me of that um uh, you know that that comic that series of graphic novels like that that to me would be uh, I, I don't know how they would do it. I, like if if somebody announced that they were doing it, I would be afraid that it would not live up to it. But if they ever, you know, uh, made that translation and made it work, that I'm I would love
1: it. That's cool. That's a great pick. And um, thank you. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we'll see that one day. Hopefully, it's uh, it lives up to everybody's expectations. Uh, hopefully, the translation will be as good as the source material. I think, uh, yeah, that's going to be the problem is to find someone who can talented enough to do that. And, uh, yeah, I think we'll see it in our lifetime, though, for sure.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about um, American Gods coming to stars. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, such yeah. a great story. Um, they're doing a comic book adaptation right now. It's uh, actually the first, episode, uh, first issue came out last week. Uh, it was very good. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to see it in live action, though.
2: Well, my pick, and you, I mean, maybe you'll have the answer to this. When, are, when can we get an animated version of The Widening Gyre? <laughs>
1: I, that's a great question. Um, first, uh, I think they have to finish it first.
2: Yeah, believe, they have to write the uh, second half. we left on a
1: cliffhanger, and uh, Kevin, um, he's notorious for not finishing his story arcs. <laughs> um, maybe, he,
2: maybe he could finish it in the... In the film, <laughs> you know,
1: I think you know. what? I think that's a great idea. I think yeah. somebody should propose that. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's coming anytime soon, unfortunately. Um, but well, f- you never, you never know, though.
2: For listeners that don't know, the, the Widening Gyre is a is a story arc that Kevin Smith wrote several years ago, and Walt Flan- Flanagan did the uh, did the penciling for uh, the artwork, and uh, it was it had some lesser known. Vi- it's about Bruce Wayne kind of falling in love and um, he brings in some lesser known villains like Calendar Man is in this and Onomatopoeia. and uh but like i said he he was supposed to do a 12 a 12 issue arc and he only did the first six issues and he's promised forever that he's going to do the 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 next uh, six and i tweet him every few months and i and i'll say when are we gonna, when are you going to finish and he'll just like the tweet right he <laughs> doesn't say anything so right also- exactly but also another one that I think, and you know, I, I say these because DC has no problem with making different uh, different installments in their universe and having none of it matter to each other. Like you know, you've got Barry Allen on the Flash, and you're going to have Barry Allen in the Justice League, and they're going to be two completely different different guys. You know, uh, but Kingdom Come was a was a series that came out in the ni- in the 90s that I think would make a, a that's pretty a, good. That's movie. a great pick that's uh that's in the in, in the future some of the a lot of the heroes have had children and and and, and all the super powered beings are just going nuts and and there's going there's a, a a big war coming so superman and some of the others have to come back and and try and put an end to that and it's a great story it has some great artwork in it and i'd love to, they did a an audio drama in the late 90s of it but i would love to see at least maybe an animated feature a two-parter or something that would that would kind of cover that story. That's a
1: that's a really great really great pick. Um and that yeah, I think there's some uh individual X-Men characters that could su- sustain their own movie. Uh you know g- uh, guys like Gambit for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. could definitely have their own movie. Uh which would be cool. Uh a character like Moon Knight I think could have their uh uh a 10 or 12 or 13 uh, episode TV show. I mean the the list goes on and on. And then uh you just mentioned um the different actors playing uh, the Flash mm-hmm. in the movie and TV universe. Um, I yeah, I, I wonder why they're doing that. I, don't, I think I think it's a bad move. I, I wish, I think Grant Creston is great. Why not use him in the movies as well? You will. You, you, I think they're really going to start confusing people. Yeah, yeah I, don't, it's, it's, I
2: don't like it either <laughs> at
0: all. You know, it's it's it feels like like I said again. Like DC almost going out of its way to not do what Marvel did just because Marvel did it first and they don't want to be like you know they don't want to seem like they're copying but you know if they got it right
2: then you should do it too DC the the DC TV shows are so much better than the DC movies that are coming out now like the the Flash I love that show you know Supergirl The yeah, Flash is great Supergirl's a good show. It's kind of waned a little bit in the second season, but it's 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 still a pretty decent show. Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, Arrow's a great show. And um but, you know, I I think that one of the things that they that they're not wanting to do is bring like this version of Superman into their TV universe because they've already they've already established another Superman and 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 on The Flash they're putting out this whole thing of multiple universes. So I think they're just trying to say that the movies take place in another, on another earth or something like that. But I don't like it either. I I think they should do what Marvel's doing and everything should be tied
1: together. I mean, in the end, like you guys, you know, you guys go to the movies, you see how stupid those people are. I mean, they're not, (laughs) the average movie goers is not that (laughs) smart. So they're going to get confused for sure. Yeah. (laughs) um, It's just
0: unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I don't.
1: know. So yeah, I don't. I don't get it either.
0: You know, and and again, like you know, it's not like it's not it's not like DC's like fifty fifty with their track record. You know, they're 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 they've got an uphill climb.
1: Yeah, very much uh, so. Yes. To to like like
0: it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt them to 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 mix it up a little bit and maybe try something different.
2: Right. Well, it came out this week that uh, uh, Justice League is going to be longer than Batman versus Superman was, so I guess that's the answer to the question. Let's just make the movies longer
1: <laughs> i i uh, again, I don't know if that's a good thing um uh one you know there's something to be said for a movie that can tell a complete story in you know about two hours yeah uh two um uh you know that's gonna reduce the number of screenings per day, so uh, I don't you know money wise I don't know if that's such a good idea as well, but uh i there's something to be said about brevity, though, and being able to tell a good story in you know 120 minutes. So, yeah,
0: I don't know. We'll Plus, see if, if part of what you're doing, if part of the reason it takes so long, is because you've got to introduce, you know, you've really got to introduce Aquaman, if you've really got to introduce Cyborg, and you've really got to introduce Flash, right? Um, you know, again, Marvel solved that problem too. Give them each their own movie, you know, beforehand, so that when you get to the Avengers, I'm sorry, I mean Justice League. Just have them all together, like they—they. They, I don't know. It's frustrating.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In well.
0: case you can't tell from my voice, it's frustrating. <laughs> like I, I'm not. I. I almost. I. I'd, I'd, I waited a long time to see Batman be Superman. I didn't. I didn't see it until it came out on like home video or home, you know, uh, pay per view. Right. And it. I felt like it was an okay movie, but it wasn't a good Batman-Superman movie. You know? Yeah, it, I, I liked
1: it. it. You know, I I, I I liked it, but we all wanted to love it, and nobody loved it, so...
0: Yeah, like, I'm... I'm and then I saw Suicide Squad, and Suicide Squad was okay. So I felt like Suicide Squad was better.
1: Um, right. Again, it should have been great, though. You know, I mean, they, based on the source right. material.
0: Right. Like, they... It's they're making it they're just making it hard for themselves
1: yeah exactly and uh yeah so i see your justice league uh, right now listed runtime 2 hours and 50 minutes oof that's 170 minutes of fun and then the, <laughs> that's that's long i mean
2: and then the director's cut will come out and it'll be 4 hours long
1: <laughs> yeah i mean there are things i love to do but i don't know if i want there's anything i love doing for 170 minutes so i i don't know man
2: well, when your movie is that when your movie is that long, I mean, there's not a whole lot of re- rewatchability. You're not going to go back and watch a three hour movie over and over and over. You know, I've, I've right. probably I've probably seen uh, Captain America: Civil War twice since I saw it in the theater, and then yeah. but Batman v, v Superman I, I've only seen the one time I saw it one time right, in the theater exactly, and I haven't watched yeah, it a, since. that's
1: that's that's a long that's a long time. Like, yeah, I don't know. They're gonna have to cut that down a little bit. Yeah. You know what I think it is like, just
0: in a nutshell. You know, we, we you know, we kind of keep touching on fun, and and like colorful and fun. Like that's why the DC shows are better than the DC movies. They're colorful and fun. I think DC movies really just takes itself too seriously. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you're a comic book. You know, you're you're men in tights. You're flying around. Just go with it. You know, everything. Right. I, yes, Batman is dark and gritty. But it, the whole universe doesn't have to be dark and
1: gritty. Right. You know, and the, it's it's a rich guy running around uh, in a, in a bat suit. Let's, you know, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's like, make it like fun.
0: Literally in every sense of the word, just lighten it up.
1: Lighten yeah, exactly. Up. Exactly.
2: exactly. The whole Please. Batman being dark and gritty really is more recent because there was a time when he wasn't as dark and gritty, you know, when he had Robin running around with him, it wasn't all that gritty.
1: Right. Exactly. You know, sure.
2: ever since the, I, I, I I guess it was the Tim Burton films that really brought along more of the the darker nature. And it's sure. just gotten more and more serious since then, yeah. But even then... It was fun, yeah. You know, Lego <laughs> Batman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lego
0: yeah. Batman was great. <laughs> like, you, you don't, you know, there's...
2: It doesn't have to be, like, one extreme or the other, you know? Right. Okay, well, uh, Ming, I really appreciate you being with us here on the show.
1: No problem, so I'll see you guys at Magic City Comic Con...
2: Yeah, will uh, see him there. Yeah. <laughs> I actually live in D.C. Oh,
1: well, Mink- uh, okay. So uh, maybe I'll see... You all- will I see you an Awesome on- Con, then? I- Not to plug another con, but... Yeah, I was going to say, are you going to <laughs> awesome Con? I will be at Awesome Con. That's cool. I'll probably be at Awesome Con.
2: Well, Mink can just pick you up on the way down, and, and you guys can ride to Birmingham <laughs> together.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was actually talking to the promoter of Awesome Con last night, and um, I think we may have hit on the subject for a, a new panel... That we are now working on, uh, which may revolve around the world of Kevin Smith movies. So, uh, definitely keep your ears uh, out for that. And, uh, but yeah, I'm looking for uh, I'm looking forward to July 1st and second, thirtieth, uh, thirty uh, June thirtieth to July second. Yeah, June thirtieth to uh, July second. Yeah. Coming to Birmingham, uh, I've never been there before, so I'm looking forward to coming over and, and uh, parting with you guys.
2: and you guys and listeners you can get your tickets at magiccitycon.com and it's not a very expensive con you can get a weekend pass for the same price that you can get a one-day ticket at a lot of conventions and there's going to be a lot going on so come check out and check out comic book men on amc like i said their season six is airing now so uh, the next three episodes the last three episodes of the season will be coming up uh, in a couple weeks so uh, and mean you have a podcast right
1: uh yeah i actually do two uh, i do they're both with uh, mike zapsick from comic book men uh first is called i sell comics which uh in which we look at the weekly comic book releases and talk about pop culture and geekdom uh you can find that on kevin smith's modcast network uh the other one is titled simply the ming and mike show you know where we get to talk about whatever we want all right
2: and um, listeners you can find us on iTunes Stitcher Podcast Addict on the Android store and make sure you leave us a rating or a review to help us get the show out to more people we're on Facebook Twitter and as always at CosmicPotato.com and be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato the super fan talk podcast when you might hear John say
0: actually I I have a confession to make um that baby that you signed was actually my baby (laughs) And I want to thank you because she is appreciated in value so much. <laughs> I'll probably, I, keep, I'll probably keep it for sentimental reasons, but, in, you know. Uh,
1: you're welcome. And anytime you want to try to sell that, uh, you know, come to the stash for a <laughs> price. Yeah, did. well, Flango will lowball you on that. So, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's a deal.